Bienvenidos to Melo Merezco. I'm your host, Andrea Teeda. In this show, we learn from amazing individuals who are at different stages of their journey. These are individuals with different careers who took the leap, are breaking generational patterns, and are creating their own reality. Therefore, with any goals we have, these conversations remind us that Melo Merezco. No other explanation needed. Welcome everybody to another episode of, or welcome back if you're watching or listening again to Metal Meresco. We have another awesome guest today. We have Sonia. She's a first gen Latinx tax pro. So I'm super excited to learn more about her, her journey, her story, experiences, all of that. So with that being said, Sonia, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to also, you know, share who I am, my mission, and what actually led me here because I, I know that especially for those who are first geners can resonate through the obstacles that yeah. we have, especially with the big responsibility of being, I guess you can say, a leader mm -hmm. um, to the family, especially if you have siblings. So mm -hmm. it's a huge, it's, 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 uh, what do you say? It's scary, but it, um, but I know that we're able to showcase our strength and, you know, and I'll obviously share like what we have in terms of confidence to let people know, like, wow, she was able to you know, come back through all of those. Yeah. And be a role model. For yeah. Sure. And that <laughs> for sure. I think that's interesting that you say that like, the first gen experience, it's honestly, I feel like it's something I need to learn more about, at least like other people's experiences. And recently I've been reading this book called Uncolonized Latinas, which I think is like a perfect book to understand the first gen experience. And she like tells stories about other people and all that. So it's been interesting and definitely something we're going to talk about. But for now, or for the, for the first question is, how did you get started in like being a tax pro? Like what, what were, um, like, is this something that you always wanted to do? What were the experiences that kind of led to what you're doing now? Oh, yes. Okay. So brace yourself. You guys, so this might be, uh, you'll probably be tuning in for the next five minutes to hear my story. But yeah, basically what led me to be where I am is that I actually, after having my first corporate job, and this was around 2015, um, I started off as a marketing and data assistant. And, you know, mm. honestly, I was, you know, excelling pretty quickly as I was getting promoting within. And I made some really great connections with yeah. my workers. Eventually, I started to fall for the trend mm -hmm. of looking like part of a corporate woman um, mm -hmm. where I was at. And basically, I was just buying like the latest fall and spring outfits, shoes, mm -hmm. jewelry, you name it. Yeah. And while I was you know, promoting pretty quickly, I saw that my salary was increasing. And mm. with my salary increase, so did my spending habits. And on top of that, I have decided to balls up and <laughs> move out of my parents' um, place just because after being in corporate at that time already, I believe I was already year two, mm -hmm. I decided it was just time for me to just go my separate ways. Um, I also didn't have a really good uh, relationship with my parents as soon as I graduated from college, just because obviously I'm being forced born. So they were very, um, you can say they were being very conservative with where I was going, you know, what I was doing, because mm -hmm. they were so used to maintaining, um, you guess, power over me because mm -hmm. I obviously will always be the one to 
go to school, do my homework, go, go straight home, make sure that I'm watching over my siblings, mm-hmm. making sure there's food on the table for them. So uh-huh. it was a lot of responsibility. And so they wanted to make sure, I guess, that I continue to be like that after. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and that's was something that I just could not do anymore, especially at that time I was already 21. And I was like, no, I, I already have a good paying job. I don't need to be around here. Like I want to be free. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to get a, a studio apartment in Stanford, Connecticut. And at that time that where it was, my job was, and that, you know, Obviously, when I moved, I started to hang out more with my friends, obviously with my coworkers, like mm-hmm. almost every weekend oh, um, wow. for food and drinks. And honestly, that led me to have this party life. Mm. It got so bad, though, that I had to end up borrowing money from my sister. Oh, Guys, wow. that's really tough because I had to set aside my pride, especially as first gen be asking my sibling for money and that was because i couldn't afford to pay my rent on time and that was all because i was trying to keep up with this party life as soon as i moved out of my parents home and i realized that my finances was getting out of control so obviously my sister told me straight up like soda you need to start budgeting (laughs) and this is someone who i was already partly 24 23, 24. And she, and she at that time was already 21. She was just like, you got to get your crap together. So that's what happened. I decided, you know, she's right. I am someone who obviously got to showcase to obviously to my siblings, like, you know, that I have to be financially stable. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to um, go on YouTube and Instagram for finance guidance. Mm -hmm. And after learning how to budget and knock down my credit card debt that I was accumulating oh for the God. past few years, um, I came across an opportunity to become a licensed tax professional. So as I mentioned in the very beginning, you know, I was also a data analyst uh, or data assistant, and eventually I ended up being a data analyst. And so I was already very comfortable with working with very large data and numbers, obviously. And I figure, well, I'm, I like doing numbers. I like crunching them. I love the finance portion, especially because I am going through my own financial journey. Why not give this opportunity of becoming a licensed tax professional shop? So I will tell you this, okay? It was not an easy journey. <laughs> In fact, tax school kicked my ass. <laughs> I know that when I was learning the tax code, I just was so mind blown how the wealthy Americans was using some of the tax strategies to their advantage, which became such an intriguing factor for me because I was like, if they can do this, so can anyone else. And Mm. I knew that I have to do this I have to learn and teach my community, especially who I help now is the BIPOC community. And my goal was to help them understand how the tax system work in a very simple way without the jargon. Because I, as you probably already know, the tax system is a very complex. I'm, I'm gonna be asking you some tax questions. <laughs> Get them right away after. But yeah, I mean, it's a very complex system. And I do try my very best to, you know, simplify and make sure that a simple taxpayer with a very short attention span, because I'll tell you guys, 
My attention span is like a five-year-old. <laughs> so you got to really dumb it down for me. And mm. I knew that I wasn't the only one in this case. Mm. And for me to just try to come up with ways to just continue to help the BIPOC community understand how taxes work. And then eventually learning how to implement some of the tax strategies as well that's catered to their tax situation because your it's personal tax is personal. Same thing yeah. as personal finance. It's personal. So we got to make sure that when we're putting together a plan that it, it will benefit you in your case because not every situation, not every case is the same. Believe it or not, I have come across numerous, numerous circumstances where I had to like make adjustments just so that they are able to just keep up on their end meeting their mm -hmm. tax obligation but also trying to keep you know keep more money in their pocket yeah so yeah so that's kind of what led me to becoming a tax professional i started off with accumulating debt and then i decided to go on a debt-free journey which then led mm -hmm. me to come across this opportunity to become yeah. a tax professional and now what i have going on is a mission that I have okay. become so passionate because I love the line of work that I have going on that I decided to continue to help the BIPOC community, especially for entrepreneurs who are just starting to implement tax strategies so that they're able to reduce their tax liability, but also keep more money in their pockets so that they're able to expand their financial portfolios. And because I was so passionate of my role as a tax pro that I have decided to bet on myself and quit my damn corporate job as of May of 2022, which this was last year. No, I was going to start clapping. <laughs> it's still an achievement. Oh my God. It's such an incredible, I, honestly, it was such an incredible achievement for me because it's a ballsy move, but I knew that by sticking around working for demand, I knew that I was going to continue to be unhappy, especially with the direction they were going with, just because they tend to care more of the, the big players, the multimillionaires. And me, I really want to continue to help the little people, which is like, obviously those who are down on the very bottom, you know, someone mm -hmm. who are in the lower or middle class family. And I want to make sure that they're not alone, especially because as I mentioned, taxes can be a very scary um and complex system and yes. so i wanted to make sure that, that people understand like they know their rights they implement the codes that is obviously they're eligible for legally mm -hmm. and making sure they're also in a good spot as well so that's why i ended up quitting my corporate job to go full time <laughs> and a year later i have no regrets <laughs> that's no regrets. how with the quitting your job like how was that experience like can you go like deeper into that and then like what were others saying to and did that influence your your decision as well yeah so right before i decided that i wanted to leave my nine to five job i had actually created a game plan where okay. i was going to use my business profit and mind you i was already in year three year three in my business um, as I was seeing growth within um, my my um, with my tax business, that I wanted to build a 12-month emergency fund as a safety cushion to cover my fixed expenses in case if I go full time as an entrepreneur. If it doesn't go according to plan, at least yeah. I have the finance mm -hmm. for me to help me keep me in a good financial place. And so, honestly, initially I was planning on staying 
in corporate America until December 2022. Mm. But my micromanager was such a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> like I couldn't stand working with her anymore. Oh, wow. So I decided to pull the trigger earlier than in, in seven months. months. Seven months earlier. That's crazy. Yeah, so, and that's where I decided May. That was it. I, I had mm -hmm. it. And at that time, I only, I believe I only had six months of savings in emergency <laughs> fund. But I knew that I, I just, I, I was no longer happy where I was at. And I, I knew I had to get out because it was taking a mental toll as well on me. And when that happens, that affects not only my, you know, my personal life, but it also affects my business as mm -hmm. well. And I, I'll be quite honest too. I thought too, you know, when I decided to pull the trigger in May that um, my business is going to boom. It's going to continue to boom because I was seeing the trend of these on, uh, on demand stuff from my clients. And I figure, you know, I'm going to be okay in the summer mm -hmm. and at the end of the year. Let me tell you this. I was so oh. wrong. <laughs> I was so wrong and I should have known better, especially because I was already in three, right? <laughs> in my business, I, tax season is usually January to April mm -hmm. and the summer and towards the end of the year, it's going to either be slow or there's going to be no activity. And mm -hmm. so, but I'm over here thinking, <laughs> uh, well, me being the optimistic person that I am, <laughs> No, you know, I don't offer just tax preparation. I offer bookkeeping as well. I offer tax planning. I know mm -hmm. people are going to want that. Nope. <laughs> there, again, there was not much demand <laughs> during the summer. And then my savings, was, it was depleting pretty oh. quickly. And after a while, I, I honestly became really depressed because, I, you know, at that time, and this was already probably towards the end of the summer, maybe early beginning of the fall, where I was starting to doubt myself mm. because I'm here thinking, wow, damn, Sonia, you gave up your full-time job with benefits to go full on on your business. And you are seeing little to no revenue. And at that point, I was ready to go back to the office life. I was ready to jump on LinkedIn, on Indeed, and start applying. Yeah. Because honestly, I I was ready to just throw the towel and, and revert back to that life, even though I originally left it because I was so tired of yeah. the life. But before I went to that route, I ended up going to a networking event in October last year called FinCon. Not sure if you are familiar FinCon. with FinCon, no. but FinCon basically is a uh, a networking event for finance um, finance creators, whether you're mm -hmm. big or small, and that's where we all come together. We start, you know, talking about content creation, life experience, and even money, because obviously that's what we're all here <laughs> for, right? As finance creators, we we talk about money, and when I met numerous creators especially the ones that I have followed personally on Instagram and had connected them through DMs to be able to just meet them in person um, was, oh my goodness, it definitely brightened up my mood. And because of them, they really inspired me to keep thinking forward, not backwards. And 
uh, you know, even several of them were once in my shoes too, where they took the leap of faith by mm -hmm. betting on themselves and they are thriving, thriving to a point where I'm like, wow, <laughs> I was able to follow them in the very beginning of their journey where they just started off with probably like 120 followers. Now they have over a hundred K they have these brands or sponsorship deals. They are collabing with some of the biggest financial institutions such as Fidelity, Charles Schwab, Golden, Goldman Sachs, Chase Bank. Like that, I was so, so, in, I was just so blown away and inspired that I was just like, wow. Like they were able to embrace like all these opportunities with them. And that was all mm -hmm. because they had to obviously faith head on like that change. And, and I would mm -hmm. tell you, yes, change is very, very scary, but we, we have to embrace it because yeah. yeah, you know, being uncomfortable as change can be, it, it does, you know, it, it, it can be, again, it can be very nerve wracking. But it does ultimately lead to a more positive life changes and like new ways of thinking. Because yeah. now, <laughs> again, as I was you know meeting with all the creators, they were telling me you gotta think the future forward. Because if you mm -hmm. continue to think back in the future or thinking these what if, you're gonna be stuck in that mm -hmm. same cycle over and over again in terms of mindset. Mm -hmm. so you just gotta keep looking straight ahead. And honestly, too with change it's going to open up so many doors and and that's what happened to me <laughs> uh, it took a while but after that event i was like i had a game plan i was like all right sonia this is what you're gonna do over the next few weeks you're gonna build up your content you're gonna go head on strong you're going to use yourself as a marketing tool to go and do more video content on instagram that's where i um, you do my um, tax content on mm -hmm. and I'm going to continue to attract a following build my own community because I do have a mission and that mission is what's becoming such a huge driving force for me to just even yeah. go head on with some of the bigger goals that I had in mind and I <laughs> over a few weeks I was able to land more bookie bookkeeping clients oh, wow. I was able to land more tax planning clients and then come January of this year, holy crap, my business just skyrocketed <laughs> because I had all of these requests of people asking for uh, work. They were more so asking for tax strategists to help them make sure that what they have on their previous return, obviously their current return, making sure that they're in good standing, they're meeting their tax obligation, making sure that they don't owe the tax man anything. Yeah. And if they do, what are some of the steps that we can avoid being in that same situation the following year? And honestly, this is where I was able to hire contractors to help me with the ongoing demand that I had because I was like, I guess because I have upped up my marketing and on my Instagram and able to obviously continue to network with many people, you know, word of mouth had definitely helped out as well as my social media present. And I will say this, this year alone, um, I think right now, as of like two days ago, I 
am looking to hit my revenue goal for the first time um, where I am just so damn happy. And that was all because I have shifted the mindset of thinking forward, not mm -hmm. looking back and, and also continue to um, help my community as well. Because when they see the passion that you have, especially in your profession, they know they found someone who is really good and will go beyond, beyond customers' relations yeah. to help folks be in a good place. Because as I mentioned, taxes is a scary, scary mm -hmm. thing. And people want to make sure, especially for those who are in the Latinx community, you know, you probably grew up with your parents say, don't get yourself in trouble with the government. Because if you do, you're going to get in trouble. You're, And especially yeah. if you're someone who is undocumented, it's the fear of like, they're going to report you to yeah. immigration. You're going to be sent all back to your country, all this stuff. And that's not the case. In fact, the tax system has nothing to do with immigration and for the most part, okay? <laughs> Unless you're in the process of getting your residency, then yes, then you, you know, obviously you have to report your tax returns <laughs> in order to qualify. But for the most part, whatever you do when it comes to your tax situation, don't worry, they're not going to report you to the government unless you do something very shady. Yeah. <laughs> like you're avoiding or not reporting um, any information that should have been reported in your return. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I, how, you know, me quitting my job, it, it had impacted me because it did, it did leave me, you know, shifting my mindset um, towards the opposite side. Yeah. I'm someone who is very optimistic, someone who's always trying to keep a very upbeat and positive attitude. But, you know, by me just betting on myself, it was very scary and it did take a lot of unlearning to know that mm -hmm. I am good at what I'm doing. And I know my worth. I know what I can bring to the table for my community as well. It's just that I have to just think, I have to just think ahead and yeah. make sure that I'm hitting my goals because once you hit those avenues, it's gonna boost up your confidence. And that's what mm -hmm. I needed. So I needed that yeah. boost of confidence to help me keep going because now look, here I am a year later. I have no regrets quitting my job. I really do not have no regrets. I'm hitting my revenue goal. Like, and if yeah. anything, next year, I already have a game plan because now I am going to have a, um, hopefully, not hopefully, I, it will. Happen. It will. It, yeah, it's manifestation. <laughs> I will have a team that's going to help me with um, a lot of the preparation side. So that way I can, you know, continue to keep up with the demand, but also, yeah. Um, help with high level executive clients that I have in mind that I really want to just help them um, level up just because I was with them in the very beginning in their business journey where mm -hmm. they started off with little revenue and then they ended up making five to six figures then it'd be becoming S corp entities and now they're already projected to make a literally a quarter million and more and so that's, that is where I would like to continue to help them because now more than ever there's going to be a lot of nuisance, especially when it comes yeah. to, um, you know, businesses who are in the high, high income level range. We got to make sure that, you know, everything seems to um, go according to what we had in terms of projected plans for them, making sure yeah. that they are not in debt, because obviously as a business owner, you want to make sure you continue to make money. And also making sure that you're meeting your tax obligations. So yeah. and it's obviously going to be me more hands on with them, but I definitely want to 
you know, reassure them that I'm there by themselves. And then also making sure that the clients that I have currently too, they're in good hands, especially if I'm, you know, I'm going to have a team who mm -hmm. is going to take care of them on my behalf. So that way everything's in good order because mm -hmm. I want to continue to just, you know, grow as myself, as a, yeah. as a business owner, just because I know there's going to be so much opportunities when I, I myself level up as well. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, I have two questions from that. It's like one from the clients that you had and you like seeing their growth, I imagine could be like super inspiring, super motivating. So how much has that influenced you? Like, like are the conversations, are the conversations that you have with them? Like, do they in a way like help you? Like, oh, you could do this in your business. Like, is there like a, some like guidance in there or is it just like helping them with their taxes or is it like a conversation that you guys, that you can also learn from them? Because I imagine, I imagine that going from, zero revenue to like hitting almost a quarter million dollars that's that's crazy and something that honestly like at least i still can't wrap my my head around it like i still don't understand how people will be making like a million dollars in a month like it's still like i could barely make two thousand dollars in a month so it's like it just it, it, no like no 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 like i don't understand so for you like seeing those cases and you like looking at their finances like, how does that feel and how has that influenced? That would be my, my first question. How how does that feel and how does that, how has that influenced your business? Yeah, so when I'm seeing a growth, this is where I have to myself change my mindset to like, okay, they're no longer down in the bottom. They're now mm -hmm. in the mid and high level. Now mm -hmm. I have to think at that level too. And it was, and it's not easy because it does require additional research. I got to make sure that where they're at too, that we're, I'm not utilizing the same strategy that I am for like, you can say like entry level folks. Mm -hmm. I gotta make sure now it's in the mid and high level folks. And so it, it, it's a lot to keep up. But when I asked like, how the heck did you just go from, <laughs> I don't know, 2K to like 200K? Like they, most of them tell me something it's all cause of marketing, word of mouth. And, if, and, and, and it's true, you know, you yourself is a marketing tool. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I know for some folks, it can be very, very scary to show your face, but just mm -hmm. know that you are the face of your business, of your company. They are, yes, they might be buying the product and service that you provide, but they're also buying you as well. And mm -hmm. so when they tell me like, Sonia, I just use myself. I I'm really good with, you know, editing on my videos too. Like, or mm -hmm. some folks, they say, Sonia, I decided to outsource cause I couldn't keep up because of the demand. Um, they, you know, when them taking on, obviously that requires some, you know, you spending a little bit more, but when you spend a little bit more, just know that you are investing back in your business yeah. because you are seeing you are seeing a vision of your business where you know it can expand, it can scale to yes. a whole nother um, level. But in order to do so, you just kind of have to just make sure that you are investing in the right areas. And when mm -hmm. they were discussing me, especially because they tell me their goals, like when they we see we go through like their um, their profit and loss statements, their finances, and I tell them that they have left over, they usually tell me, Sonia, I'm. 
do you think it's a good idea that the leftover net profit that I have, can I hire an assistant? Cause I, mean, I just, I can't do this alone. Can I hire a video, uh, a videographer or a video editor? Can I um, hire a family member to help me with this? I'm like, yeah, you have net profit. If anything, like shift that income elsewhere. As long as, you know, if you feel like by you getting or spending money in those areas is gonna help you expand, go for it. And I'll be here to help you. We'll make sure we have these, I, I usually like to have these monthly conversations because this is when mm -hmm. I get an idea of where your business is going on and to make sure okay. you're not in like shortfalling. Yeah. And I, I'm blown away because some people, just a low, even one person hiring an assistant really helped them a lot that mm -hmm. they were able to focus on other areas that's gonna help continue to build or make more money for them. Mm -hmm. And I realized like, heck, I think I should start considering outsourcing <laughs> myself because it's hard. I, and I know like I myself have this vision. I see my my business growing into the six figure range. And and I in order to do so, I just gotta I gotta reinvest my money back. Instead of yeah. being myself, let me see if I can use this leftover net profit to hire an assistant. Um, and which I did eventually, I ended up hiring a, a an admin. Oh my goodness, she's so great. She's such a lifesaver, <laughs> and I'm so thankful. And that was all because I saw other business owners do that. They they it was just to help reduce those tasks so that you can focus on other tasks that's going to generate you money. And so that's what I needed to do. I needed an admin to help me with more of the back end stuff, the inquiries, someone who can help me with the social media side, at least with the posting. <laughs> the editing of my video because i can go jump on video at any mm. time but the editing costs me time <laughs> and that's what they say time is money and yep. so when i can use those uh, editing times towards my clients making sure that they are meeting their deadlines i'm making sure i'm completing their their uh, bookkeeping or their tax planning report before the end of the quarter to make sure that they're able to you know you know we can discuss about strategies in terms before making that quarterly payment to the taxman and so oh my god i'm so thankful for because <laughs> shout out to my assistant cecilia she's been so amazing she's been with me for a year now she's been so great and i also realized too right when i'm having these conversations with these um, business owners yes. that hey sonia i'm also thinking of hiring a business coach but they're asking for a little bit more than what I had in mind, but let me know if you think that's a good uh, business decision. And I'm like, well, from a financial perspective, I can tell you this, if you're gonna spend like, let's say, believe me, some coaches are asking for like 20 grand or more. Yeah. <laughs> but especially if you're in the, in like, in the mid or high level um, in terms of your business, I usually would say, you know, um, it's really up to you. And at that time, I don't know, cause I, I'm not that, at that, I'm not scaling myself yet, but I know what I've seen already is, you know, it's up to you. If you really feel like working with this particular person is going to help you make your monies back plus more, like go ahead. I don't know this, this business coach, but if you're so passionate about their, that person, I can tell. When they mm -hmm. explain to me who they are considering hiring as a business coach and what they can bring to the table, the I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm like, follow your heart then. I mean, I will say this, you do have the net profit, go ahead. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, money, go for yeah, it. it's money, but you know, if you feel like it's gonna help you double, triple your revenue when you work with this individual, by all means, go ahead. Mm -hmm. it, I'm telling you, by them working with a business coach too, I have seen the revenue. Double, 
triple. I was like, damn. <laughs> like, and that's that's my next goal, honestly, Get for my business coach. We're hiring a business coach. In fact, I actually do have a business coach. Um, and she actually does have goals for me, but she has an asking price. So this is mm-hmm. where I have to look on my end and also from experience with other business owners who ha- who were in a similar situation. Is it going to be worth it? Because this is a big investment, at least for me. Like, am I willing to use what I have left over to reinvest back um, with this person? No, hoping, not hoping. She's telling me she will, <laughs> that she's going to help me double, get my money back and double. And I'm yeah. like, okay. So it's a lot of thinking. Um, but I will say this, um, spoiler alert, I am going to move forward with her. So I am going to um reinvest hey. what i have to her. we're gonna have you back next year it's like yo i have a hundred thousand dollar business that is the goal that is, and, I, and she has these plans for me because she hears what my future goal is my 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 three to five plan, year plan and she's like yeah. i can get you there and in fact based on your trend over it and i'm not trying to brag about my business no it's awesome yeah yeah <laughs> go for it keep bragging yeah, yeah. but i will say this right um when I first started my business, I made $6,000 in revenue. Okay. Year two, I doubled. Last year, I doubled. This year, I doubled even more, maybe even 10% more. Like, so you see where I first started at $6,000? Yeah. I'm going to hit my revenue goal of 60K by the end of the year. Wow. A little, a little older. So I am so damn happy. And that's why. I'm already seeing a trend on my end. I'm continuously to double. My mm-hmm. goal for next year, and I know this is high, but I want to double that. I want to be in the six figure because I know I'm ready for that. For that, I'm so mm-hmm. ready. I'm ready for the challenge. Obviously, I'm going to have to go extra hard, but I've seen this already with other entrepreneurs who I have worked with where they're mm-hmm. doing so well financially. Like I want to be there too. I want to yeah. be right there. And also, I'm, I already learned from experience. I already know like the tax implications behind it. I already know what I have to do mm-hmm. from a financial perspective as well, because I already have gone through that journey with them that I am ready yeah. to now implement that on my business myself. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's yeah. I, I mean, I know I know I'm going to have you back next year. And it's like it's not even going to be a hundred thousand, maybe like two hundred thousand dollars, you know, but it's, and I, I remember this um from joe dispensa i heard it from another podcast but they mentioned that joe i don't know if you know who joe dispensa he's like a neurosciences i think but he says his phrase is like remember the future because sometimes we forget about like we we tend to be in the past or like our thoughts are pretty most of the time they're like negative right so he's like remember the future and remember the future means like think about what you want your future to be the old the the two hundred thousand dollar k um income or like business would be income like revenue i don't i usually say revenue revenue okay two hundred thousand dollar like revenue like it's and just like think like where do you want to be and sometimes we don't think about it because we're like oh am i going to be able to am i good enough um you know you start um having these doubts and actually there's this i have like my little notebook where i take my podcast notes and there's this one I also listened with, um, listened to with Lewis House and Price Prickett, I believe. And he was like, um, he was like, if you must doubt something, doubt your limits. And I thought that was like so awesome because like, we have so many doubts and we, 
we tend to like think about is it is it possible but it's like no like that your own like that your limits like like yeah <laughs> I don't I don't think I could explain it more like he explains it like perfectly and yeah it's just awesome like for you what has been like I think for me I've been thinking about a lot about time and like how time goes so fast and either you could stay in the same like time go so quick and you still be in the same spot or things can change like can change either like little but it's like significant to us or it could change a lot and it's still like very significant to us so for you what has been like some of those things some either like limiting beliefs or just in general like actual like physical um stuff with, that have changed in your life and you're like like holy crap that's that's crazy like you thinking about it's like you still can't believe it but it's, it's true yes so i will say this a year later after quitting my job i did not expect it to be like this right now in a good way meaning mm-hmm. like holy crap I was able to literally take a chance on myself and hit that goal that I had in mind. And that was all because I was shifting my mindset to like, what if, like to know it will happen. We're going to make that happen. And another thing too is just again, changing what you say to yourself, as I mentioned, I hope to I will. Mm-hmm. Because that is going to become such a huge influence because you're actually literally training your brain yeah. to think like forward, like, oh, no, this is going to happen. We're going to make this happen no matter what. I know it's going to be a headache. I know it's going to be such, it's going to be lots of laughs and cries, <laughs> mostly crying, <laughs> mostly tears, but it's going to happen. And as long as you shift that mindset, that's going to help. And I will say this shout out to my business coach for helping me think that way because mm-hmm. He says, like, um, what you're doing when you're changing that, you're attracting what you are asking for, believe mm-hmm. it or not. And I do believe that manifestation. Like, yes. and and that's what I was manifesting last <laughs> year. I'm not going to lie. When I thought about um, going back to an office job, I, in fact, I didn't even tell nobody besides those that, who I met at the networking event at FinCon mm-hmm. last year. I only told a handful of people that I quit my job. And that was because, believe it or not, <laughs> I thought I was going to go back. I honestly mm-hmm. thought I was going to go back to a nine to five, but somewhere mm-hmm. else. Um, and so I didn't want to publicly announce it and then have it used against me if a future employee yeah. <laughs> saw that. And they're like, wait a minute, you went and proudly announced you quit your damn job. <laughs> hey, corporate America. And now you're here <laughs> in our interview room <laughs> trying to get a job. So I was like, funny. So, so yeah, so I was just like, I I know that um, if my if I that's not what I want, that I have to go head on into my business because this mm-hmm. is going to be basically yes. my only main source of income. I have other small, uh, I have another small business, which is a pet sitting business, but that's mm-hmm. like a supplemental income. I know that my main one is my tax business. Yeah. That's what generates the biggest revenue. And that's what's actually paying me comfortably to myself on a monthly basis. And so I, I was able to, you know, because of the mind shift, um, the mindset shift, I was able to just kind of be where I am now. And I'm really mm-hmm. happy. I'm really, really happy. I will say though, <laughs> that I'm, and I, and I, and I will say this too, like therapy also helped. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like just talking to a therapist, 
I I know that I have seen huge growth over, especially over the past few months, because now I'm learning to finally let things go. And I'm someone who did not want to let go of a lot of things. <laughs> I was someone who was, if anything, I was always hogging, especially when it comes mm. to work. I was always hogging it myself. I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to just take care of it myself. Because again, okay. that first gen, that first gen mm-hmm. mindset is like, yeah. well, I've been doing this myself for plenty of years. Yes, sit up freaking headache but you know what i'm gonna make it work because that's how i've been doing that's how i was able to survive in life i was just winging it and making it work and i realized like that was obviously very um it was very um bad for my health mental health so i knew that i had to let go of that and also i had to learn to love myself again just Mm -hmm. because if you don't love yourself you're going to be stuck in this cycle of guilt, regret, um, what is because you're, you know, having all these doubts. And so I know by loving myself, that's going to boost up my confidence as not just as an individual, but also as a business owner as well, mm-hmm. because people can see, they can read off your energy if something is wrong. And when you give off that type of energy, some people might just turn the other way or they might be like, I don't think I want to work with that individual. It's just like you're turning mm-hmm. away people that could be help, like that could really need your help, but you're just giving yeah. up this, this energy that don't fit right with them. And now they're going to go elsewhere and you just lost out on a potential client or on a potential friend who could have mm-hmm. been really there for you. Um. So yeah, so that was kind of like one of the obstacles that I definitely, well, to this day, will continue to overcome. Um. And more importantly too, especially with my business coach who's helping me with, with those process from the business side is trust the process. Mm-hmm. Like don't ever let doubt get in your way. Um, I will say this, imposter syndrome is a real bitch. <laughs> but I know that um, if I just have, if I continue to think very positively about myself and as a business owner, mm-hmm. then the process that I'm going to be in is going to lead me to such a greater opportunity that it's going to be endless. <laughs> so, yeah, for yeah. sure. And I think you you hit it right where repetition is key, because again we have a certain set of experiences that led to a lot of um, a lot of thoughts, which now became our our beliefs, and most of them can be uh, limiting beliefs about ourselves. So we repeated that so much that that's why we believe it, and then us changing that thought and then you saying having that positive mindset and then repeating those like good limiting beliefs of like I love myself um I'm good enough you know I'm worth it you know stuff like that like repeating it every single day you unconsciously start making that shift and that's when that those changes like things start happening and you're like holy crap I didn't know this was possible or holy crap like this is awesome that just like this just happened to me and I can't believe it but it did you know, and and that's when you start getting that self confidence because you start making those small wins and then bigger wins and then even huger wins that you never thought um, was possible. And I think it's interesting that I see this because right now I'm in the process of like I know things can happen. I know changes. Like if I just work on it, like things can um, things can change for the better. But I'm still in that process of like, can it really change? Like for me. Just because I've never seen anybody, like I've never met a millionaire, so I've never met someone who's making 100K 
And like even in a regular job, like the only person in my family who has a nine to five is my cousin and she hates her job. So it's like I have no good role models. So and I think you, you also mentioned how you went to that networking event with a FinCon. I also recently went, I want to say two, three weeks ago to this like live podcast event and networking event. And for me, it was so inspiring. Like even though it was just it was about an hour and a half of the live podcast, just listening to them, but just being in the same room with them was so. Have you said like it, it just changed a lot of things, like energy, like you were more motivated. And after and then talking to a few um, people, because I'm also an introvert, so I was like I had to drink, have my drink, and it was alcohol, so it like helped me like loosen up a bit. <laughs> but um. I only drank a bit and that helped because I was able to talk to like three, four people and I had the courage to go talk to um, Sahid. He was one of the podcast um, uh, guests. So I went to talk to him and I was like, that was my first time having a conversation with a multi-millionaire. Like that's fucking crazy to me. And you know, that was such inspiring that now I'm trying to be more consistent with myself. Like I, I think I told you in the beginning, like it's been a while since I've done a podcast interview. And it's like, it's because now I, I sound like 10 to... Yeah, I would say, like, five to ten emails a day to, like, people I want to interview. But, yeah, I forgot why I went on this rant. Um, but just the importance of mindset is so is so important. And uh, I want to ask you, I guess I could move on. I, actually, I want to talk about the first-gen experience because I'm really curious about that. What are some specific like, stories or experiences that you've had that you remember and that have really influenced the way the way you think or the way you thought really and how have you and then how have you transformed it to a positive one yeah so that's a really good question as i mean there was a lot a lot of crap that i went through (laughs) at first especially when i was such a youngster um i will say this actually can i ask for first gen are you you did you come here when you were younger or were you born here and uh because there's like different different um definitions for first gen at least for me first gen is when you come to the country and then you start living your life but then i know for some people first gen is uh you were born here so for you what how's what's your definition yes so me being first gen, i'm actually um i am i was born and raised in brooklyn uh, when i i was born in brooklyn but i was raised most of my life in connecticut um okay. in a mexican household family mm-hmm. and i consider myself as a first gen because i was the first born of of everything i mean yeah. it was first born in my family i was a first gen a college graduate i was also a first gen working professional um yeah. you can also say that uh, I am also actually a first gen of entrepreneur. And so awesome. to me, I, I hold that with so much pride because as I mentioned in the very beginning, like we, yeah, as Virgin has so much responsibility. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was for, it was really hard on, on my end just because my, okay. So I have three siblings, so we're literally we're four girls my poor my poor dad <laughs> he got no he got no males in the house it was just literally four girls so you can just imagine the hormones in that household <laughs> but yeah i mean my parents they were workaholics um mm. and not just because they enjoy work believe me and it wasn't it wasn't that it was because they were trying to keep up with the finances, um, especially mm-hmm. when you have literally a family of in total, what's four, five, six, 
where you got to make sure there's food on the table, roof over your head, you have heat, you have light. And so in order to keep up with that as a maintenance, you have to make sure that you have enough to um, pay those fixed expenses. So while they were out there working very long hours, me, I had to literally babysit my sister. I remember this what this oh my goodness. I remember when I was in high school and I believe I was in a junior in high school where my sister was born. She was already a few months in and mm -hmm. I was basically put in charge to pick her up right after school at my aunt's house. Um actually no, backtrack that. I remember that I had to do, I had to have community community service hours. That was a requirement in my school. <laughs> like okay. we had to have these community hours. So I remember that I was telling my mom, like, mom, I have to like beat these hours. She's like, well, who's going to pick up your sister? Like I have to work. And I'm like, mm -hmm. and mind you, she was a baby. And I'm like, mom, I can pick her up after. I, can you just talk to Thea and tell her like, uh, I'm going to be just, slightly late. Yeah. I just, I, I have to set up these community hours or else I'm going to fail. And when she heard that, she was like, Oh, you're gonna fail. Like, yeah, I know. I'm not gonna graduate, but it'll fit my hours. She's like, okay, let me see what I can do. Um, it worked out, but I remember literally right after uh, school, I would jump on a bus to go to the after school program to do, or it was it was an after school program, but it was counted as community, community. service. And I was basically a tutor for mm -hmm. uh, those who were in K one to K no K one to fifth grade. Mm -hmm. So I was basically teaching like like the basics of you know literacy, mm -hmm. uh, math, I think science. So it was just like okay, I got to be there for an hour. I think it was an hour, mm -hmm. maybe a little more than an hour, um, twice a week, and I would have to pick up my baby sister <laughs> from my aunt's house, and then also make sure that my other siblings made it home. <laughs> And back then, I didn't have a cell phone. A lot of people had a cell phone, but I didn't have a cell phone. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was it wasn't until like maybe late late my junior year when my my mom was growing, growing concerned. She's like, not, she's not picking up my the phone the phone at the house. So she eventually was like, I'm gonna get you a cell phone, but you're only gonna use it for emergency. You're only you're not gonna give it to your friends. You're not gonna <laughs> like she was very conservative. So I remember there was um there were times that I cried. Every time, especially when it was so, so cold, a winter storm. I remember mm -hmm. there was a winter. I had to literally pick up my sister um, with uh, a, uh, what do you call it? A baby sure. carriage, a stroller. Oh, my goodness. Through just oh, yeah. a storm. And mind you guys, we're in the East Coast. <laughs> really bad storms over here. <laughs> and so yeah. I would have to go through it. And they wouldn't even plow the, the, the sidewalks yet. So I had to push. Oh, my God. mechanism to... I think it was like five blocks where I live from my aunt's house. Yeah, so I literally had to do that almost every day after school. Even when snow was done and over, mm -hmm. the sidewalks are still not clean. Oh, I remember I had to carry her on one arm, the stroller on the other Oh, one. my God. And I remember just going home, just crying, like, why am I doing this? This is, I feel like a teenage parent. And I think at that time, there was, a, you know, teenage pregnancy was becoming a mm. thing. Uh, so I was, that to me was like, I am never, <laughs> never having kids. Like, this is too much. Like, I, I want my freedom and it sucks because I didn't get my freedom when I was young because I had this responsibility, making sure that my siblings were home. They mm -hmm. did their homework. I was cooking meals for them. I had to make sure the house was clean too on top of that. Cause mm -hmm. my mom would be pissed if that house was not clean every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I realized like, wow, I, 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 
I, I knew like, I can't continue to do this. Like, I know that for sure, I don't want to have kids. I kind of like, that was kind of like my thing. Like, no one has kids. Cause it was, I was traumatized. Yeah. I also knew too, like, I'm never going to work those hours like my parents did. Like, mm-hmm. because I want to be home. I want to feel content when I come out. I don't want to come home all groggy mm-hmm. and like upset and cranking, just go straight to bed. Like, or at least in my case, my mom, she had to make sure she was cooking for my dad by the time he came back home. I'll, and you know, and it was just like, I can't do that. Like, I want to make sure that I come home at a reasonable time. And mind you, my parents were coming home really late, like 9, 10, 11 oh, PM. Wow. So it was all day for them. And I, I myself was like, my, when I get a job, it's not going to be like that. <laughs> I will make sure at, you know, and at that time, nine to five was a popularized um, job that you had mm-hmm. in mind. Like, that's what I want, a nine to five, making sure that I come home in the evening. I make myself dinner. I relax, have a good night's sleep and do the whole thing again. Yeah. And, and that's kind of like was my driving force. And in order to do so, in order to have a really good working job, um, especially if I, if I wanted to be in an office setting, I have to go to college because that was another thing. And mm-hmm. my mom, my parents, we're always saying like, you know, and we really would like you to go to college because we want you to do well successfully. We want you to have a really good working professional job. Don't work at a deli or at a factory or at a mm-hmm. restaurant. Like that's not the life you want because you just work those crazy hours. You're on your feet all day. You're moving packages that are so mm-hmm. heavy on you. You're just, you don't want to do that. It's not enough. Work, work at an office, Nihan. Like you're going to, you're going to do so well. It's, you know, if anything, I would love to see you all dolled up, you know, in a nice, um, mm-hmm. you know, office dress, office yeah. outfit. I want to, I want you to know, like, you know, what we're investing, you know, into your college because they were paying for most of my college. Um, mm-hmm. Just make sure that we're doing this because we want you to have a really good, future. we don't want you to be in the same cycle. And so that was a big, big, uh, oh my God, that was a huge burden on me. I was going to ask that, yeah. Because they have, literally, they have this expectation of you. And if you don't meet that, to them, you're a failure. And I don't want that. Especially when your first gen failure was out of the picture. Like, you got to make it work. <laughs> One way or another, you're going to fucking make it, make it work. Excuse my language. But you, mm-hmm. And that's how I was grown up with that mindset. Like, you know, I know it's hard, but figure it out. You, you know, you know ways. Okay. And. Especially when I was young, I was like, damn, you telling me that at so, like eight year old, I got to figure out a game plan already? <laughs> what, what I have to do? Like, Get me a business coach, please. <laughs> right? A career coach. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I mean, that's where, because of that that experience that I went through as first gen, I knew that I, you know, I had to go to college. I knew that I, you know, I have to have a good paying job so that I don't end up in the same cycle as my parents. And... Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not gonna lie, college was really rough. <laughs> like really, really rough. Especially because I grew up in a school system that wasn't really doing well in terms of academics. They just kind of was just passing you just because they want to just pass you to meet their quota, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this. I will I was pretty smart, but not to a level where I was at at a college level with other students. Like I knew I was not there yet. Yeah. But at least it was I was able to get through high school. I did end up being top ten percent of my class, oh. and that was a really good achievement of mine. And and I thought, oh, I'm gonna do so well in college. No, that was a <laughs> that was that went 
a whole 360, I was struggling really hard. I remember crying to my mom, like, I don't want to do this anymore. She's like, why not? She's like, I, why am I, what am I sending you there for? Just so you can sit and cry in bed? I'm like, wow. yeah. <laughs> that's what you're getting right now because I'm calling you mom. <laughs> like, I don't want to be here. I remember, oh my goodness, numerous conversations. How I don't want to be here anymore. And the reason I didn't want to be in college is because I wasn't doing well academically. I was, I was failing my classes. And knowing that I came from with this whole confidence, like I made top 10% in my high school and my high school was pretty small. But at that time, that to me was a huge achievement. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was like a very smart student. And then when I went to a a Jesuit um, college or Jesuit university and meeting with other students, the level of education that they had was just so beyond what I had. (laughs) And I was jealous that that alone just really lowering my confidence and I was not doing well academically and then socially this school was predominantly white American so it was not diverse whatsoever I was one one of the very handful of Latinos or like Latinx in that school I mean yeah I had it took me a while to find my people within the university but I was so done I, I, it was so hard, but I remember my mom saying like, no, we are not wasting money for you just to give up. Wow. Like you can do this. Okay. You can do this. I'm like, mom, I cannot do this. She's like, you can do it. Okay. Just stop crying. You're going to, you're going to do well. Okay. Cause she's reminding me, she's like, do you want to end up like me? Do you want to mm. end up um, working on your feet? Do you want to end up working at a factory packaging fruit all day? Is that what you want? Do you, do you want to? You know, if you end up finding someone, that person is going to expect you to be a housewife. And I think you told me that you don't want that, Sonia, right? I was like, no, I do not. Like, okay, well, you got to showcase yourself. You got to prove to them that you are going to do well independently. Okay, you're not going to rely on anyone else. You're not going to even rely on a crappy job that you know that's going to physically hurt you. Like, you can do this. Just set your, your eyes on that future, okay? You have three more years, okay? You already knocked down one year. You're almost there. She's like, you, she said, you're, um, she's like, I know you have you have 75% to go, but you're there. You already completed 25%. You got this. Ponte la pilas. That's what she always saying. I was like, all right. So the years went by. Again, I was always kicking and screaming <laughs> every college year, but I made it. I made it. I, I made it. And I was able to eventually, you know, take on internships, which then help me develop some of the skills that I needed to be where I was in my corporate job. And, and if it wasn't for my, especially my mom, oh my goodness, even though she was so hard-headed, <laughs> she was the motivator. Um, mm-hmm. And she tells me like, I know that you have a lot on your plate and I, and I, and I do apologize. She has mentioned, like, I do apologize for putting such a huge burden on you, but I'm just doing this for your own good. You don't want to be like you, like me or your dad. Like you don't want that. Mm-hmm. We know what's best for you. And I know it's going to be hard, but I'm telling you this, you have all of these opportunities, especially because when I was in college, they gave me a really good scholarship. So we were only responsible to paying like almost like five, 10% of it. And it wasn't a lot, but I mean, to me, it was still a lot. I mean, yeah. my parents still, <laughs> you know, I think we had to pay like close to five, like close to five grand. Uh, to people, that's probably nothing, but to us, that was a lot <laughs> for for yeah. a, a yearly um, for a yearly uh, semester. So 
I, I, and I knew like, like I, can, I can do this. We, we can, mm -hmm. we can get through this together. I knew that I didn't want to be in the, in the same situation that they, they were in. And um, yeah. And so I was without, you know, obviously without my mom's help, she, I wouldn't be here right now. Um, especially, <laughs> I will say this when I told her I was going to quit my job after eight years, she's like, what? I was like, mom, I, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing well on my, you know, on my business is, and I, I can see growth. I, I honestly see growth already. Yeah. And she was so scared. She's like, are you telling me you're throwing all of that away? You going through school, you cry. And she reminded me <laughs> of the phone calls you, you had to me. So that you were crying. And then you found this, you found this awesome job. Like literally you were, you, you were being promoted. Um, I ended up going elsewhere at another company. Mm -hmm. Um, but even that, that was the end of it. I, I realized like when, um, I wasn't happy where I was at. I, and I didn't, at this point, I didn't care. I was just like, I want to focus on me now. I'm tired of pleasing other people, especially I was tired of pleasing my boss. I mm -hmm. was also tired of pleasing my parents too. I was like, when am I going to start doing something that I want to do? Mm -hmm. I want to do something now for once. Okay. Especially mine, you guys, I'm 30. <laughs> like, I was like, I, I am already old enough. I'm a grown ass woman. I can make my own decision. And so that, um, that's what, that's what happened. I, you know, those as a first gen, I was able to, um, obviously learn how to navigate on my own. I was also able to learn how to pivot, <laughs> mm. um, but it led me to where I am now because now I was being very strategic and I'm really happy, um, where I am at. I am very proud to say that uh, when I shared my numbers to my mom, she was like, wow, <laughs> you did, did put me wrong. Okay. You are able to, I guess, do very well just, just alone in this business. I was like, yeah, mom. Like, I know I, it's, I know I still am shortfall from what I was earning in terms of, you know, my salary, my benefits, but I'm going to get there, mom. I told her I'm going to get there. And then eventually, um, when I'm hitting at a certain level, I can have you retire so that I can take care of you because I know mm -hmm. that you, she, to this day, my parents still continue to work. Um, my dad works at a restaurant. My mom still works at a factory. And so I can see they're getting older and their legs are not the same. You guys, I feel so bad. My mom, she, she developed arthritis, mm -hmm. um, just because of the ongoing physical demand. And so I know that She's she's at her point where she can't lift things like she used to. Yeah. My dad, he's been he's been pretty tired out himself too. I mean, they they have they have they're really strong people, but I know eventually I would like to There's... retire them. My dad's telling me you don't have to retire. I can take care of myself. I'm like, okay, dad, you know how men are. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we don't need nobody to help us financially. We can. I'm I'm a grown man. I can do this myself. I'm like, all right. Well, then I would love to retire my mom though. My mom is who I really want to help the most because I know her health is really, really. Um, it's creeping up on her already. And yeah. so I want to make sure that it doesn't get to a point where she's like disabled. Like, I really want to make sure she's okay before it gets to yeah, that level. Before it gets chronic. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, that's, that's kind of like what I want to um, do when I hit a certain figure in my business. But you will next year. <laughs> I, I will. Yeah, I will. I, I yes. will. <laughs> and then I, very soon, I would love to present her this, hopefully this, um, 
I guess you can say like this conversation, like, like mom, quit your damn job. I'm going to take care of you now financially. Just as you have taken care of me, um, especially when I was little, it is now my responsibility to take care of you because I love you to death and I know what's best for you now. So let me <laughs> Let me be the one to take care of you now. <laughs> so yeah, I, and that's something that again, I, I want her to like. I will. I would love for her to brag, especially to my to my family. <laughs> yeah, my first gen right there. She, she retired me, so <laughs> I don't have to lift a box anymore. I don't have to lift a single uh, machinery. Like my ES is gonna take care of what I have going on. You know, so mm -hmm. and that's something I, I'm really excited for her to share because I would love for her to brag to my <laughs> That's family. your motivator, yeah. Yeah. So and you know how Latinx families are. They're always trying to, you know, brag who's the best child and whatnot. So I want to be one of those. <laughs> hey, that's my goal in life for sure. Mm -hmm. I have two questions with regarding to like this conversation. One of them is like what's one of the conversations you've had with your parents? where you start like breaking those generational beliefs right so it could be anything i mean maybe like a moment that you have a conversation that you had where you're like oh this this is heating up pretty quick but it ended up being like a very very good conversation where it ended up also where you were able to understand their perspectives as well as understand each other's perspectives because i think mm -hmm. that's also important yeah um, I will say this. I mean, one of them was telling my mom uh, that I was going to quit my mm -hmm. job, and she was she was scared for me because she's she knows that mm -hmm. having a stable income um, was going to bring financial peace, especially seeing her firstborn. She's like, I don't want her to go through the pitfall of you know, being in debt and get, because she, she knew, she knows my financial journey. She knows that I had accumulated debt and, you know, she's, she, she knows that I am now, you know, owning up to my mistakes and I am now addressing that by knocking down the debt, making sure that I am now creating, um, a savings fund for myself for emergencies, for vacation. If I have one, you know, I don't have one coming up yet, but that's there or, um, if I have like, sometimes, you know, there'll be a moments where there's a birthday party. I got to make sure I have a little fun for that. So that way I'm able to afford presents. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that was, she was very, very, very concerned because she thought that by leaving behind all those benefits that I was going to be back in a, in a financial mess. And she was really mm -hmm. concerned about that. And she was telling me like, what, what happens if you, uh, you know, if you can't afford to pay, you know, I, you know, I'm still, you know, living by myself. She's like, what if you can't afford to pay your rent anymore? I'm like, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out, mom. You always made me, you always tell me you'll, I'll figure it out. And then she did say like, you know, I really don't want you to move back to the house. Like that's just, you know, your, what, you, what are your dad going to think? Like, let alone, I don't mm. talk to, I don't share like sensitive um, stuff or sensitive subject to my dad just because I just don't. <laughs> I just don't want to hear it from him either. I'd rather hear it from my mom. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so used to her just, just her just scorning at me, yelling at me. But she was like, I don't want to tell, I don't want to be the one to break the news to your dad that you moved back because you had a failed business. I'm like, oh, wow. you know how embarrassing that is. And I'm like, okay, mom. She's like, no, you don't understand. Like, you are leaving behind 
what mm -hmm. we have built for you. We literally spent so much money on your education and for you to just like throw that all away after quitting your nine to five, like just so you can go on your so-called business, like it's even doing very well. So she just like was not happy at first with that mm -hmm. um, because she was scared. She was scared that I was going to be in a financial mess and I don't blame her because I understand that she was like thinking oh my goodness, she's going to end up like me. Now she's going to end up working at a restaurant or at a factory and trying to make um, ends meet just so that she's able to just pay her expenses. Like, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. like, I can't, I, I don't, that's uh, that's something that I don't want for her. I work really hard for her mm -hmm. to be where she's at and now she's throwing it all away. And I understand, mm -hmm. like, I get it. You yourself, my parents, literally work to the very D to get the, the money to pay for my education. I understand that mm -hmm. and I'm not throwing that away. It's just that I'm just not happy where I'm at in my corporate job. Their mission, their goals that they had was just no longer aligned with me. I'm a grown ass person. <laughs> like I will figure it out. I already have a, a plan. Like it's not like I just really said, oh, okay, I quit uh, without having a backup plan. <laughs> like I'm pretty smart. So I told her like, mom, don't worry. I have an emergency fund. I, I'm going to make sure that you know, I'm, I'm being very conservative with my spending. I'll make sure that I'll continue to attract the clients that I need in order to have some substantial income. Yeah. And so I did not tell her that I was struggling in the very beginning, just because, again, I knew I was going to have that conversation where yeah. she's going to tell me, I told you so. And I don't mm -hmm. want her to tell me that. <laughs> yeah. So I remember she was always checking in too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> after I quit my job. She was checking in like almost every other day just to see oh. how I'm doing. And I'm like, I'm good, mom. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah. Okay, well, if you want, I have, I made some food um, for you mm. so for lunch or dinner, mostly dinner. You know, that's okay. I said that, like, she was already, like, helping mm. me with, like, some of the cause. I was like, no, mom, like, I can cook my own meal. She's like, no, no, no. Like, I know you probably are tired of mm. your <laughs> your ramen <laughs> or your rice. And I'm like, okay, mom. Okay, I'm not the greatest cook. <laughs> Guys, but I tried my best. <laughs> so, but she, my mom be making some banging, banging food. She makes pozole, tamales, you name it. Like, yeah, I'm about to head out there. <laughs> no, coming through. We live, we're, we're not too far from Yeah, it. yeah, for sure. I'll go right now. <laughs> I'll be there in a minute. But yeah, no, that was probably one of like the, oh my goodness, like a very, it was a very, very intense conversation. Uh, she was bright red when I told her, right. but I, I reassured her that I was going to be fine. Oh, best believe a year later, I told her, mom, this is where I'm doing <laughs> I'm business. I started the second business too. I'm in demand. I'm she, she knows that like, um, every time she's, you know, we, we are on the phone. She's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm busy, mom. I'm trying to wrap up this tax return or, oh, mom, I'm, oh, I'm walking the dog. Cause I have a pet sitting business, mm, yeah. my supplemental income. I'm walking the dog. She's like, I feel like you're doing that every day. I'm like, yeah, mom, I'm really good. <laughs> it's, it's all good. It's all good. She's like, okay, okay, just give me a call back. I keep forgetting. God, I'm sorry, mom. I know I keep forgetting to return your calls back <laughs> or your text messages, but I'm just so been, I've been busy. But I think her just seeing that just now gave her some reassurance. Like, okay, she's she mm. actually did do it. She's actually doing pretty well. Um, and we'll see. Hope you know, in next year, six figures is my goal right there. And Hopefully the yes. next thing would be retiring her. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was <laughs> that was pretty much what happened. Um, mm -hmm. I would say this for those who are kind of scared to tell their your parents too, especially if you're first and yourself, if you started a business and you're ready to go full on, um, be prepared to have a very intense conversation. Have a, have a plan. Because if you don't give them a plan, they're going to 
bug out for sure. <laughs> we'll say that. Um, and then brag, brag about your wins to them. So that way you give them the reassurance that you're going mm-hmm. to be in a very good place, not just, you know, in terms of your business, but also financially as well, because that's, that's a concern to many folks is like, are they able to be okay on their own? Are they going to keep a roof over their head? Or am I expecting them to come back and I got to make a roof <laughs> and, and their bed for them? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely, you know, make sure that you have a game plan ready because I'm telling you with that, it's going to, it's going to help. It's going to be a cushion for you that you, you didn't expect that you need because sure. everything, you know, shit happens and you got to be prepared for the unexpected. So just be, be very strategic with that. Yeah. And I think, I think it's cool how your mom, like, even though like sometimes we see it as like, um, you could say like, we don't want to hear it anymore. Like in the sense of like, oh, are you sure you're doing okay? But it's pretty cool that she was actually like, able, like put in that effort of like saying, are you okay? Um, And just checking on you knowing like, like you've struggled before. So I think that that was pretty cool. And I think for me, something more more recent is like understanding their perspective like they themselves our parents don't have never had experience of starting their own business oh for most of us they haven't had the experience of starting their own business so it's like of course they're going to be scared for us like they've never had these like they've been so accustomed to live a certain life and a life that's very routinaria like very routine something routine very routine right so um i think for me that me understanding that and comprehending that was very, very important. Um, I know we're almost at our time. I don't know if you have time or if we have a meeting afterwards. So I have a few more questions for you. Yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. All right. Um, I just want to get really quick into the finance section where uh, maybe we could talk about one, ex- like what was your first finance memory, um, fi- yeah, financial memory when you were a kid and how has that influenced you and then how, and I, I guess the same question as last time, like how, is, how have you transformed it to a positive one? Okay, in terms of my finance, wow. that's a really good one. Oh my goodness, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, <laughs> I remember, oh my goodness. Uh, so I had a piggy bank and my parents would sometimes give me money for doing chores because obviously mm. that was the motivator. Like, okay, <laughs> all right, I gotta make sure this house is clean because mm-hmm. they pay me <laughs> not a okay. lot but to me five dollars was five dollars that to me mm-hmm. was 500 in my <laughs> and so i remember just um you know putting in my cash in a piggy bank and then my mom she had guest overs and they were kids you know we were probably like i don't know 10 or 11 years old okay and she had um yeah, you guys, I was getting paid at that. I was getting paid <laughs> you guys for cleaning. Um, but yeah, she she had guest overs and they had kids. And I wasn't paying attention to my surroundings or whatever. And it wasn't until the next day, my mom asked me, Sonia, where's the piggy bank? I'm like, oh, it should be over there um, in the corner of the drawer. She's like, I don't see it. Did you move it? And I'm like, oh, no, it should be right there. So I remember mm. just like trying to figure out like, Wait, wait, where did I put the piggy bank? <laughs> um, and I didn't think of this until later on, but um, I was wondering why she was like wondering where my piggy bank was. Um, and then she ended up telling me that's because I sometimes was steal some money out of it <laughs> to go to the grocery store. But she would like put it back. It was like she was borrowing. Okay. <laughs> so because sometimes I would count, I would count 
Um, my like, cash is my twenty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know she was. She she told me. Uh, but at that time she was like, "Where's the piggy bank?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I, I it was right in the drawer. It was right there in the corner." Um, we couldn't find the damn piggy. Like oh. it took. Like she got so mad. <laughs> she got so pissed. Cause, and I remember it was like probably over like three hundred dollars. Like oh, That's so. Awesome. She thinks that it was one of the kids, the guests that, you know, they had kids over. They were in my room. We were playing around. She, she was like, those kids, they must have took it. So like, why didn't you pay attention? You should have been keeping an eye. Or why did you leave it out there in the open? I'm like, mom, I was, I, I'm, like, I'm a young child. I don't think about people stealing my money. <laughs> so she got so, she got so, so irated because <laughs> she was basically said this was your responsibility how can you just let that happen like i can't trust you no more with this i'm oh. like so i i was just like i remember crying because i was just like oh my god i messed up i i effed up i i i didn't know i was a bank <laughs> to, to keeping this money so she had called up one of her she basically called everyone who had their kids over and asked them if they they have a so-called, she was very specific with the piggy ring. Um, it was mm -hmm. pink, but it had like little jewels. Uh, Cause I remember I was like bedazzling <laughs> when I was little, cause I was going crazy with that. And um, they all denied it, but she's like, there's no way that someone would just abruptly just take a, a piggy bank of over $300. And so because $300 at that time was a lot, she was just, she was telling me like, sorry, like, you know, that's when she ended up confessing me. Like I would go in and use it so we can put some, um, we can get some grocery, but I would put it back so you wouldn't even notice. Um, and she's like, we don't have, and she was telling me like, Sonia, I don't have no money to get milk or cereal. You guys want milk and cereal, right? Or eggs. And I was just like, yeah, she's like, because of you, we, we can't get that. And I, I was just like, we're, she said, we're going to starve. We're going to starve. Like, I was like, and that to me scared the crap out of me. Holy crap, yeah. Because <laughs> she was, when she said, because we have no money, we because of that, we can't afford food, we're going to starve. That really, really scared the crap out of me. And so I remember telling her, Mom, I, I promise you, I will make sure I pay you back. I, I don't know how, but I will make sure I will pay you back. I remember going to next day in school. I, I had a Dell desktop. I don't, I think it's probably way before your time, Andrea, but for those who know, typically in school, it was either a gateway or a Dell desktop um, computer. I remember going on, <laughs> I think it was Yahoo at that time. What's Yahoo? Yahoo? No, <laughs> What's Yahoo? No, I know. <laughs> um, before it was Yahoo, so I literally went on that search engine and saying how to make $300. Oh. And I remember reading articles of saying, like, you can start a lemonade stand, <laughs> you can cut grass, you can sell candy. I'm like, well, okay, how am I supposed to do all of that? It requires me to put more money in. <laughs> I need to buy lemonade. I need to buy like I gotta buy stand, like I gotta buy what I gotta buy clippers. <laughs> Too long people. I was just like, with candy, I need to buy candy. It's just like so I was just like, oh my and that really hurt me because I was really trying my very, very best to um make that money's back because I was just like the thought of we're gonna starve to death really scared me. And I remember crying to my dad when he came home early. Um I think it was two days later. 
um, he was telling, you know, I told him um, what, you know, what I was feeling because he saw me crying. He saw me, he said, what happened? And I'm like, well, mom said that because I lost the $300, like I we're gonna starve because we got no food. I, and I did notice the fridge was <laughs> very empty. <laughs> She's like, mom can't get cereal for us. We can't, I can't even make egg sandwiches for my sisters. Like I, she, he's mm-hmm. like, Sonia, it's okay. Like <laughs> we're, we're gonna get paid this Friday. It's fine. Um, she's like, he's like, yeah, it, he's like, yeah, we don't, it's, it was stupid. He did say it was stupid of you to leave the piggy bank <laughs> out there in the open when there's guests because people steal money um, and you are responsible, but it's okay. We're going to get paid this Friday. If you can just hang on just a little longer, we have some fruit. I know you guys don't want to eat fruit. I know you guys don't want to drink water only like, but that's kind of what we have. We have queso. We can try to eat <laughs> like beans. We got beans. Um, you know, that's you know, try to hang on for the next few days. We're going to get paid this Friday and we're going to be okay. Okay. We're going to, we're going to get you some food for you guys. So that way mm-hmm. you guys are happy. Don't worry about the 300. It's okay. We're, you're going to make it up. Okay. You're going to do extra chores. Okay. You're going to help <laughs> me clean my car too. Um, so to make it up, we're be even. I'm like, okay. Okay. But I realized like, wow, like even though, and at that time that, that made me feel better, but I realized like, while my parents really were living paycheck check, paycheck and I knew that I couldn't let that happen so I remember when I was getting paid again I was like all right this time we're not putting in no piggy bank I was considering getting another one you guys <laughs> but, so you you never found the piggy bank it never came back never we never know oh, shit. they I, I have to bring this up to my mom <laughs> maybe <laughs> something happened and I just never bought the ask again but now that I have now that you like brought that memory to me I'm gonna ask my mom what happened to my <laughs> Did you ever figure out what happened or what your mm-hmm. assumptions are? Because I kind of want to know. But yeah, anyways, she, um, she like tells you I found it in my laundry, and it's like she I never told you. <laughs> no, no, I don't think they ever. I don't think they ever found it. But I think my That's mom crazy. knows. Because cool. oh, I wow. think now that I think about it, I remember these was these triplets. <laughs> well, yeah, Always like, the triplets. <laughs> I remember they were in my room. And they wanted them big compliment about my piggy bank. Mm. Um, they were slightly older than I was too, so some one of them has sticky fingers. If you're watching this, <laughs> return that piggy bank. Yeah, right. <laughs> twenty one years later, twenty one, maybe yeah, twenty one years later or something. Um, but anyways, yeah. So that's kind of what happened. I realized like I had to be very careful with my money. Especially when I was getting the money again for doing the chores. I remember putting it under my bed. <laughs> oh wow. Um, and then the envelope and then that envelope got really big so i ended up getting another envelope and yeah it was it made me very cautious to like protect your money yeah. um eventually i realized like that was a dumb idea to leave your money out there because anything can happen too like you can have a burglar come in stealing all your stuff and they find this cash too on top of that like it's wise that you put it into a bank account and at that time i didn't um think about bank accounts because my parents were so against it they oh. were like no they're gonna steal your money always make sure you put it in a safe area um, mm-hmm. But then I realized, like, no, it's okay to put your money in a bank <laughs> account. Um, and if anything, I think it's a lot more convenient because how, now you can use a debit card. <laughs> how did you make? How did you make that re- realization? Like for you, it seems like, oh yeah, it's like it's fine. But like having that belief, like, oh, bank banks aren't good. Then how how were you able? To, it well, was just like a thought, or yeah, it was because of my um, my friends in my okay. circle they were they had their own which surprisingly right <laughs> and this was in college guys i didn't oh. have my first bank account until i was in college 
my in my oh. first year in college um as a freshman everyone was telling me because i had this cash you guys i brought that envelope <laughs> of cash with me and um because i was like this is what i'm gonna rely on but i realized everyone was like you don't have a, a bank or a debit card i was like what's that <laughs> oh well, if you have cash, you can put that in a bank account. You just had a free one. It's free. Um, They just put, you just deposit your money and you should be all good. You just use your debit card. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, but my mom told me that banks are bad. She, they were like, what? No. Like, in fact, it saves you the trouble carrying all that cash with you. <laughs> Where people stealing it. I was like, oh yeah, I know. I already have a <laughs> my big bank. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it took a few years to um for me to like realize like, well, you know, up to when I went to college, like it's okay to put it in, um, in a financial institution. Um, and I realized later that there's protection. So God forbid something happens, like the yeah. banks will be responsible to pay you back if that, for whatever reason, disappears. They will take care of it no matter sure. what. And so I ended up telling um my mom about it, like mom, um, so I found out that you the banks are not as bad as you thought. It's <laughs> like yeah, I know. I was like what? <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Wait, you have a bank account? She's like, yeah. I was like, what? She's like, oh, uh, for a few years now, I was like, why didn't you tell me that banks are bad? She's like, because they're bad. And I, and you know why? Because they were they were charging her interest because she wasn't keeping a minimum. Oh, that's why she wasn't putting my. I found that out later. She's like, yeah, because they're always charging you if you don't have a certain amount sitting in your bank account. And I was like, oh, is that why you're saying this? <laughs> and then you're out here telling me that don't do it. And then I find out like. I told her eventually, like, mom, you know, there's banks that don't charge you a fee at all. Like, she's like, really? I was like, yeah. Um, mm. But I ended up finding out the reason why I got it. I got no um, penalties on it because I was a student. <laughs> because I opened up oh. a school. Uh, but they were able to work it out with her um, because she was, uh, um, I don't know what she did, but they were able to work it out with her where they were able to waive off her uh, mm. maintenance fee. That's what it was called. Mm -hmm. So... It was like, oh, well, now I, you know, now she, she's all good now. She, to this day, now she still uses, if anything, she uses her debit card a lot more now than <laughs> um, But yeah, it was just the, the thought of, you know, they are giving you this mindset of like, oh no, these institutions are bad because they're going to steal your yeah. money. But that was because they were experiencing themselves. Like they weren't, obviously they, they, they lacked financial literacy. So they were just trying to, you know, um, use it to pay fixed expenses but they weren't really being very thoughtful or keeping track of their finances and um so and that was because you know they weren't earning a lot more and i and i know things you know obviously cost a living increase so it was really hard for them to keep up and um and i know they had unexpected expenses just like the car vehicle mm -hmm. my goodness cars are so the car maintenance is very it's a lot of money expensive um, sure yeah and so i know that that was kind of where I was able to kind of shift my mindset on how bank institutions are now. Um, especially mm -hmm. now more than ever, there's so many, especially online. Like mm -hmm. they, there's no maintenance fee. And mm -hmm. a high yield savings account is important. Yeah. And oh my goodness, I, I mean, so happy for my, especially my my mom. Oh my goodness, kudos to her. Like she comes, she had come a long way, guys. I'm telling you, from her putting money under her own bed. <laughs> Um, from slowly transitioning to a bank and then putting a little bit more where, you know, she was able to show she had a good amount in balance because eventually she had a goal in mind that was to purchase her own home. And so okay. she did. You guys, my hey. mom's my homeowner. <laughs> so happy for her. I mean, obviously with the help of my sister, uh, but 
Oh my goodness. She was so, that was her goal. Like I want to own a home. And in order to do so, I got to be smart with my money. She did, she did put her savings into a high yield savings account. And I didn't know. She just did it without me. I think one of the bankers told her like, hey, okay. um, high yield you just put it there if you're planning on you know purchasing a home down the line and so that's what she did and i was like oh my goodness and like she's finally gaining trust now um just because i know and i'm pretty sure she probably got told by many other people too you know about institutions you know Mm -hmm. i know that there was um i believe back in 2008 that's where the uh the economy collapsed here in the united states the market crash Mm -hmm. and so obviously that impacted the banks and the banks um, lost all that money and then they had to find ways to recoup that back to their customers. And so, yes, yeah, so like, you know, but for her to just able to shift that mindset and not finally to be more, um, I guess you can say financially savvy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, really happy. I'm really, really happy. She has come a long way with that. Um, and, that, and that also helps me too, because um, it just shows like, okay, there are many people just like her, especially in her generation. You know who are probably still stuck in that old mindset, but yeah. if we start slowly shifting their the mindset on their end, like hey, like it's okay, like you got people who are literally around your generation who are finally yeah. um have these uh big financial ambition goals, such as like buying a home, like you can do the same thing, you yeah. just gotta be very smart with your money and you'll be good. Obviously, make sure you work with somebody you can trust too. Um, there's so many yes. resources online as well, like YouTube. Um, social media. I mean, uh, I, I would take social media with a greater salt. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll definitely do further research for sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's how I was able to myself personally be able to just like let go of those misconceptions that mm-hmm. I had when I was with, um, obviously with my family. And I mean, heck, I myself have my own um, high yield savings account. I have a brokerage account now. I have a retirement account. Like. <laughs> Oh my goodness like it's okay to uh, you know put your money in these institutions because just know that it's backed up it's um federally insured uh or fe that uh, yeah fdic yeah that's insured the... so in case something yes. happens your money's you your money okay your money I, I have a question now that you mentioned like roth IRAs and brokerages free because this is my brother mentioned a while back he was like i don't think it's a good idea to invest at least because maybe it's like maxing out your Roth IRA all of that but um he was saying how people like especially people who have businesses they should invest that money instead onto their business instead of putting all that money into your Roth IRA and maxing it out what's your opinion on that since you have yours like how do you max it out every year or is it you invest so that like do you have your own investment money like saved up so you can invest in your business like how for you like what's what's your comments on that so usually when it comes to your um retirement it really depends on your tax situation that you have going on so for example if you are someone who um is doing very well in the business and you're paying yourself from the business right and you have no debt right you Mm -hmm. If anything, um, your goal is long term, like to take a distribution from a retirement account. You want to think of two things. Do you want to pay the taxes um, later on or do you want to pay the taxes right now? And what I mean by that is that there are different um, retirement account options. There's the post or there's the pre and the post 
account. So pre is pre-tax accounts is meaning like before your taxes um, and it's deductible on your tax return. And that is because you're trying to get a tax break right now, but you know that you're going to eventually have to pay the taxes on the contribution to the pre-tax traditional IRA or 401k or SEP IRA, a simple IRA account. Just know that when you're contributing to those in those accounts, um, you are getting a tax break on your tax return. You can max up up to $6,000 for um, an IRA account. 401s are slightly more, but if you know that that's going to help you reduce your tax liability by you contributing um, mm -hmm. right now, you want that tax break, then go with that route. However, if you don't want to worry about a damn thing about taxes later on, you you rather just pay taxes now so you don't have to worry about it yeah. when you retire, then consider the post-tax uh, post account route, which is usually the Roth IRA, um, a Roth 401k. Um, and that means is that after your taxes, right? After you pay all your taxes, you have that left over, then you can use that to that account, knowing that you already pay the taxes, you're going to take it out in about 10, 20 years tax-free. Yeah. And this is only for those who don't have any debt. I usually recommend, like, if you have debt, um, try to pay off your debt first. Mm -hmm. But if you have if you have all this left over and you're still good, like, then consider long-term if you want to retire, especially if you're already 30, you want to retire in the next 30 years and you have no, you have nothing, you just literally, you're in a good financial place, yeah. go ahead and use that. Um, but just know that you won't get a tax break, but you will um, be tax-free when you do decide to take that money out. So it's mm -hmm. a case-by-case -case, um, yeah. situation for taxpayer. So this is where I go more in depth into analyzing their tax situation, meaning I'm looking at all streams of income. And then I discuss further by basically asking you where you are financially from the personal side do okay. you have um any um obviously we want to make sure that you're okay paying off your fixed expense but do you have that and if so mm -hmm. um let's think about our options like should we um pay off the debt if meaning if your debt is a certain amount of percentage i usually would tell you like maybe you should probably use what you're paying yourself to pay off that debt versus putting it towards a retirement account just because that debt, I mean, credit card alone is like up to 32% right now. That's a lot. That's more than than federal income tax rate. So this is why I tell people, like, I think you're better off paying off your credit card debt because in the long run, you just, you're knocking out that debt. You're reducing your interest payment. Sure. Um, but once we get that down or at least get that stable, then we can consider slowly adding into the pre-tax account so that you start building up some savings for your future. Mm -hmm. um but again i i definitely need to like um review people's in, um situation yeah. just to make that determination and this is where tax planning plays a huge factor just because it gives me a better picture of your uh your your situation and then it, it gives me um the ability to create a forecast so that mm -hmm. we are able to just implement some strategies making sure before we even pay the tax man is there any way we can shift some income like okay. to you and your family because i'm all about to building family wealth within. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that many business owners, especially when they're paying, um, they're, they're relying on their business income to really, really hone in on just because literally the wealthy Americans are doing that. They're literally finding 
every avenue that they can to keep that money within the family before they pay the tax man. And they're doing this. In fact, yes. legally, someone most of them are doing it legally, and that's because they have a really good strategist oh, on their team. I thought you say legally. I'm like, what? Oh no, 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 legally, <laughs> legally, they are legally, legally, legally doing it right. So yeah, okay. yeah like doing- I, I heard the the one where you pay your child like I think you could pay like twelve thousand dollars, and then that's deductible. So yeah, it's yep. like work smart, it's not hard. The income, yep, and other areas, but it's it's staying within the family. And this is why I tell people, uh, you know, when I'm going through these options, obviously making sure, like, okay, let's just make sure we pay you first before we pay the next mm. family member. <laughs> and this is where I say, okay, let's go see if retirement contribution work. Then the next goal mm. is, okay, we still have some leftover. How do you feel about hiring your uh your brother, your sister, your daughter, your son? Like, mm. how do you feel comfortable hiring them to help you with the business? And if so, um, let's give them this amount, the certain amount, mm. so that way you are writing it off on your taxes, right? But you're also um keeping the money within the family. And then once yeah. we figure that, once we get that sorted, then we calculate what we have to pay the tax man. after that so it's just kind of those things that's a lot of people need to know like before you even make those quarterly payments or make that tax when you file next year or yeah make sure you pay through in your family first don't give your money to the government because they're (laughs) in my opinion that they don't use our tax dollars wisely so it's just best to just have you take care of that and making sure that you use that money to build generational wealth because it's mm-hmm. gonna come a long way. <laughs> For sure. That. And that's the importance of becoming financial, financially, um, what is it, financially literate, like understanding your finances, all of that. Limiting beliefs, which also go like mindset stuff, which is something we weren't able to talk much about, but definitely that. And I do have one last question with taxes and then we could start wrapping it up. But what would you recommend people who are just starting on their business and want to understand taxes a bit more and they want to go to a, a, a tax pro right they want to understand like start strategy planning all of that but i also know there's like depending on like where you, there's some people who don't know what's best for you or they just do their job because of money like they're getting paid and that's it right they're not like so not everybody's like sonia where like they they're looking at your future and like trying to understand and seeing the benefits of it of like how how can you take advantage or of um not take advantage pretty much like have a good strategy for you right and um so what should people like start like the basics of taxes like what should they be looking at obviously like going to your social media and like looking at your videos but like if they want to go deeper into like longer format videos or any other resources like what should they be learning so that they could be informed when they're trying to hire someone to their taxes yes so when you're out there researching and finding the tax pro that you think would be best for you one of the things that you should look out is to make sure that they have their credentials up to date meaning that for tax pros anyone can become a tax pro with a p10 that's what it's called it's basically your professional identification number and you need that in order to file um a a, a person's tax return and e-file it as well however anyone can get that but what i recommend is you look them up on either google or on the IRS website 
those mm-hmm. two things are going to let you know if that person is credible, meaning they have a, not only just a social media present on like, let's say Instagram or TikTok, but they have a LinkedIn page because LinkedIn shows their professional, um, mm-hmm. their professional history of where they first started. Like when you look at their um, prior year work experience, you want to see like, okay, are they someone who's has experience working with tax returns or are comfortable working with large data or numbers that will give you an idea like okay this person is very analytical um this person mm-hmm. um has just very detail oriented based on their profile and when you're also looking on the irs website literally there is a directory put their name and the city that they reside in or the zip code and it will show whether or not they are accredited by the irs I am one of those people who is accredited by the IRS, meaning that I have went through their certificate program. I continue to also educate myself with the latest tax laws changes because mm-hmm. I, by law, um, make have to make sure that I'm in compliance with them. So that mm-hmm. way um, they know that that's someone that there's someone that they can trust. And so those are one of those are the one of things I want to call out it's making sure that you do the research making sure that they're at least they have a professional page mm-hmm. um even a website too you can get a, an idea and a, and a sense of who they are um and also looking back at their prior work history and then if they're also on the um on the um website by the irs and making sure that they are accredited that is also great another thing too when you do go and have that call, consultation call or a consultation in-person meeting or whatever, mm-hmm. make sure you're asking um, some really detailed questions just okay. because you wanna kinda see how quick they are on their toes. Because when they are quick on their toes, that means that they know their, they know yeah. their stuff. And they have been doing this for quite some time. And if they are someone who are just, as I call them, data entry folks, they literally are just plugging in numbers. They don't really ask you about, you know, your work history. They don't ask you about um, a copy of your prior tax returns. They don't tell you what errors they have found or if they don't um, give you any um, recommendations that you can implement mm-hmm. for the current year. There's just someone who is literally plugging in numbers and telling you bottom total, this is what you're getting or this is what you owe, run. Because they are someone who are just collecting their money because they're just putting in the information and then having you sign the data mine. Me, okay. how I work with my clients is when I'm having that consultation call, I let them pick my brain because I want them to see how knowledgeable I am and what I can help them and bring to the table to put them in a really good place, especially because they you want to work with a professional who's going to have your back who is helping you um, implement the strategy that fits for your situation. They're not someone who is just trying to give you the biggest refund because I will tell you this, that I will not do. I will not be someone who is trying to give you a big fat tax refund because that's not how it works, okay? Um, So, but that's, I'll, I, I can go on a tangent about <laughs> tax refunds, but long story short, I try to make sure that your numbers tell a story I'm a, I come from a background with data analytics. So if your numbers show something that's way off, that's going to ding the IRS. And that is going to lead to in a potential audit or review where they're going to now ask for backup data to tie back to those numbers that you have or that was entered on the tax return. 
you do not have the backup data or if the numbers do not tell a story, best believe they're going to go ahead and make those adjustments on your return. And that's going to likely result you in owing them money back. Mm-hmm. And we got to make sure that we don't, it doesn't get to that point. It's got to be yeah. done right the first time. I'm not perfect either, but I do the my very best of my ability to tell folks why I have put their return a certain way, because I want to, I, I tell them like, I know what they're looking out for. And I want to make sure that it looks good on paper too. The last thing I need is you calling me up and saying, I got a nasty, aggressive, passive aggressive letter from the IRS. What the hell did you do? Like, okay, first of all, calm down, send me that notice. Let me review it because sometimes that's just to do, that's a scare tactic on their end. And I usually tell people, oh, they just want this and that. Oh, well, why do they have to say it like that? And I tell them like, that's just who they are. <laughs> like, they're assholes, okay? Um, but, um, but don't worry. I always tell people, this is fixable. And you got to make sure that the professional, um, again, is not only knowledgeable, is quick on their toes, um, already has a goal for you for the future. Because sometimes right. these professions, all they think about is right now. Like, no, we got to think long-term. We got to make sure, what do you have in mind? I always ask people, especially for business owners, do you plan on getting funding for the future? Do you plan on getting um, a property in the future? If so, we got to make sure we're showing some net profit right now on your business. Because I would tell you this, lenders are going to ask between three to five years of your tax return. And if you are not showing any business net income or net profit, and if you're showing losses because you went too crazy on your tax return, they're going to tell you, heck, no, we're not giving you no money because we you're going to default because you are not making money in your business anyways. So we want to make sure we are doing it from the very, very beginning. And if that professional who you are asking all these questions doesn't ask you any um, long-term plan, go with someone else. Um, I am licensed in most states. There are a few states that I'm not licensed. Uh, one of them is like Oregon, um, Georgia, there, it was uh, Maryland, and there's like two others that I can't think of my top of my head. But for the most part, I am licensed in most um, in most mm-hmm. states, and I make sure that when I'm having these consultation call, uh, we're talking about your prior tax situation, your current year tax situation, and try to forecast what your situation will be for the next few years. So that way it all makes sense because we want to make sure there's like some trend going on mm-hmm. and it just it just looks more credible for you too in case you do get audited or reviewed because now we yeah. have our ducks in a row. We have the backup data. We have the information. Our number tells stories so we can go ahead and tell them like this is why we had it this way because this is what was going on. And mm-hmm. most of the time they'll be like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. No, <laughs> I know it's a lot. <laughs> no, but that's super informative. And and there's like in there there's like questions that you can ask in in the consultation call. So yeah, that's awesome. And then another question popped up was for those who want to be tax pros. You you mentioned how you had your data analyst background and that really helped you out a lot. But maybe those who want to become a tax pro, like maybe they don't have that experience. But or what would you add or what would you tell them uh skill skill wise that they should learn so that they could be the best of their the best like tax pro out there and like actually help the people that are trying to help in a beneficial way i will say this that for tax professionals we're not it's not just an analytical job you have to be okay. very open-minded you have mm-hmm. to be okay with change because i will tell you this uh, there's a lot of stuff that's happening uh, within the tax system, the tax code 
changes on a yearly basis because you have people on Congress who are remodifying the tax law over and over again, and they're just handing it off to the IRS who then basically execute those actions, right? Yeah. So you gotta be prepared for the change. So if you are someone who's okay with change, um, then this role is for you. And and of course, in order for one to be okay with change, you have to be very open-minded. Because <laughs> yeah. if you are someone who is very firm with sticking to a particular method, I'm you're so not strong. gonna survive mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. Especially uh-huh. because not just the tax system changing, but people situations <laughs> changes too. And you gotta be prepared because shit mm-hmm. happens. People get married, people have kids, people have multiple um, businesses. They We got people who literally went and did a splurgy moment of buying a property. Like you gotta be prepared okay. for that. And by you doing that, you gotta go in open-minded. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense, <laughs> yeah. All right, I know we have to wrap up, so I'll ask my last two questions. So the first one is, um, what's from this, it's been now three years, right, with your business? Yeah, well, I'm about to hit four years. Four years. <laughs> I think in a month will be four years. <laughs> oh, wow, awesome, awesome. So in these almost four years, what have been those accomplishments in your business? Maybe you could say three, four, however much you want, really. And that that you've thought like, like, I can't believe this happened. And I, and if I wouldn't had started this business, like this never would have happened. One of my three accomplishments, right? Yeah. Accomplishment achievements, big so, or small, it doesn't matter. So I will say at this, um, my biggest one is hitting my revenue goal <laughs> this year. So, um, I, I had a mine of 60 K and that will happen in a few weeks. So I'm really happy hey. about that. Another goal, oh my goodness, I didn't think this would happen, but to be actually asked, you know, from many podcasters, from many um, financial creators to be a guest speaker on their show, on their webinar series, I never in a million (laughs) would picture myself doing this right now. (laughs) It is incredible. I will say this. I am very camera shy, but with Zoom, I'm totally all in a <laughs> sense already. Like, oh, he's camera shy. She's great. Um, but I will say this uh, with public speaking, though, I got to really, really work on that just because mm-hmm. I do get really shy, especially yeah. if there's like a camera right in front of me. <laughs> like, now it's fine, but in different settings, that's yeah. where I'm like, oh, wait, I just freeze. But yeah, I think for the most part, I'm really happy to be ask because most of them believe it or not i call me an expert um in taxation okay. especially because i you don't see a lot of latinos or latinx yeah. so to just be able to be um a very different and unique tax pro just because not only am i just a woman but i'm also you know a latinx professional so mm-hmm. it's um it's a, it's a great uh badge to hold just because you don't see that. And it's like, great. I, I'm like one of the very few people, I guess, who is uh, starting that trend. And hopefully we get more in the circle, especially those who really want to go beyond the next level of just data entry. They want to learn mm-hmm. about how to specialize in tax planning, um, in a CFO service, in um, executive level work. Like Those are the people that you 
really want um, to work with because they know that they are so ready to take you to the next level and they want to make sure that you are right there reaching your um, goal as well. So that's, that's where um, I'm really happy about <laughs> just to be there, to be classified as one of like the experts and now to be able to work with some high level clients as well. I guess another one um, is, oh, it could be personal too, mindset, anything. Hmm. Last one, I guess. I guess I'm really happy. They don't have to go back to a nine to five job. Hey, yes. <laughs> I'm just so damn happy because I was scared that I thought I was gonna go back. And I, fast forward a year later, it's like, oh, I am so loving being one hundred percent entrepreneur despite all the challenges that I have to go through. I am just so happy that I don't have to have anyone tell me what to do. <laughs> I'm my own boss and I can do and dictate what I want from my business. So yeah, I mean, that's sure. probably one of the accomplishments. I mean, I have a lot of achievements. I mean, not achievements, but I also have like many awards that I'm really happy to be um, given. Um, mm -hmm. But that's that's a whole nother, I can go on and on with that one. But I mean- this Another episode part two. <laughs> I'm really, really happy to even be here today to speak with you and share oh. my story and obviously uh, some of my snippets of my <laughs> of <laughs> my technologies and tax um, recommendations that I usually typically give out to my clients just because yeah. it's all about building wealth, especially for yes. the Latinx community. Like, I mean, it's our time. It's our time yes. to shine. <laughs> so yes, for sure. We gotta keep going. We got to prove to others we can do this too. And I think what you just mentioned kind of goes with the second question of like, for those who want to start a business or want to start a hobby or just learn something new, but for some reason, well, I mean, we know the reasons, but for some reason they are scared. They're just like, no me lo merezco, I don't deserve this. I'm not good enough. Or what if this, what if that? What advice or what specific tip or strategy would you like give them in order to start um, that business, that hobby, whatever that, that they want to start that project? Mm. I would say let go of let go of those doubts okay based on that fear because when you face on that fear you are literally proven to life that you are ready for change yeah. and when you start accepting and embracing that change that door opens up and you're going to see so many opportunities that are calling your name out. I'm telling you this, I'm experiencing that myself right now. Uh, and if it wasn't for me, literally, um, if I didn't let go of doubt, I would not be here right now. I would be literally miserable in my nine to five job. Mm -hmm. I took initiative and so you, you too, take that step to go ahead and just do what you want to do. Make, do what makes you happy. Start that business. Start start um, selling that product. Start selling that service. Start showcasing, your, say, showcasing yourself as that lead expert in that industry. Because mm -hmm. when you are going head on, people are going to take notice of you. And they're going to reach out to you and present you with all of these opportunities that they feel like you are a good fit for. And you're going to be no doubt, you're going to take it and you're going to be so thankful that you did so because you took mm -hmm. that very first step by going head on and taking that action that you need. So. <laughs> hey, no, that was awesome, Allison. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sonia. I really enjoyed this conversation. I learned a bit about taxes, so thank you for that. 
And um, for those who want to either go hire you, like, right now, or you want to check out your content, like, where can they go go find you? Oh, yeah. So I am mostly on Instagram at Castellan Tax Services. And mm -hmm. I also am on TikTok as well. I just am trying to work out oh, the okay. kinks there. But you can always uh, shoot me a DM, though, on Instagram if you have any tax questions. Or if you want to just hop on a consultation call with me, I'm more than happy to provide you my booking calendar to you. Okay. So that way yes. we can get started and start discussing um, your tax situation. And then um, you can also um, find me on my website too at castellantaxservices.com. I basically, you'll have a list of services that I provide as well as my bio. And um, and I do have a pricing structure there too. So if you are curious to know, I'm very transparent with what I provide in my pricing because I feel like people should, be, um, I, I feel like that should be fully disclosed just so that people can just start thinking like, okay, yeah. you know, I want to work with this person, but I want to make start, sure that I start have saving that money. Yep. Mm -hmm. so, and then you can also find me on LinkedIn as well. I am planning on boosting up my presence there <laughs> too. So if you want a professional connection, I am there as well. So feel free to uh, send me a um, a request, and I would be more than happy to connect with you all there. Awesome, awesome. And I also we didn't mention this, but you also have a podcast ladies who finance so i'm um, sad that we didn't we weren't able to talk about it but definitely go check that out too um there's a lot of a lot of episodes now so so yeah definitely go listen to it after this episode or i mean you already finished it so definitely go after like right now to listen and um yeah yeah i think um we got the links we got the podcast thank you so much so much again for being here i know we passed uh the time limit but i'm i'm thankful that you stayed so and thank you for all the knowledge like, that you shared and your stories your first and experience i think that was really important at least for me that was one, one of my big take takeaways because i don't hear a lot of first gen experiences i just because i'm always i have no little to no friends so i have a little i have a few friends but we don't really talk about these things and i don't know people i know my, my cousin's experience but besides that like you not knowing about um or me you um thinking about bank about banks that way i never really heard about that so it was like something new like oh like people actually like, this is like a, a, a belief that people have so thank thank you for that um yeah so thank you everybody who's listening as well don't forget to uh, leave a review in Spotify if you're watching this on YouTube to subscribe, comment, like, share, all of that. And with all that said, thank you again, Sonia, and thank you all. A uh, big hug and send you a kiss or or love <laughs> wherever it is. And but love all, all the time. And thank you, thank you so much. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I don't know. I we passed like more than an hour limit so i'm so sorry i'm assuming i don't know if you're gonna edit some parts out or... no it's oh, all going in. Yeah, yeah 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 it's all yeah. going in i don't i don't i still don't record like in between i mean not record i still don't edit in between so it's just the beginning and the end and it's like it. everything's going in <laughs> for sure Alrighty. no no worries i'll be on the lookout whenever that's ready so that way i can share yes, with i'll you. send you i i'm really bad about this but i keep like sending people the information like last minute or uh, yeah, pretty much last minute, and then the clips. I also do it more than after than after that because I just clips in general is complicated. But I'll definitely send you. Same way <laughs> we recorded episodes and it was already live like for a week, and we just finally <laughs> started promoting it. So believe me, <laughs> me and yeah, Daddy, yeah. my goal, uh, my goals, we we yeah, yeah. we're like no for sure, yeah. yeah. But I'll definitely 
we get it. <laughs> yeah. I love this. I'll send you the email and um, the clips and then the thumbnail. We could take the thumbnail. Let me okay. just take out my headphones. And I'll just, it'll be the recording, so I'll just freeze for like three seconds or something like that. Awesome. Fix your yeah, fix our hairs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, three, two, one. Awesome. Hey. <laughs> Hopefully it looks good. It's cheating too hard, maybe. Um, no, okay. I do have a ten thirty. So yeah, I gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, you go. I gotta wrap. I gotta get my stuff together before. Yeah, yeah you go for it. Go for it. I'll, I'll see you. And... Nice meeting you. We gotta meet up in person. Yes, actually, and there's something I do want to talk about here. But since you're leaving, um, I'll send you the DM on, on my idea, and then um, we'll, we'll have another conversation afterwards. All right. All right. Awesome. Bye. Bye.